right, welcome to RPG PodQuest. This is our first episode, and we're excited to share our love of RPGs with you. My name is Will, I'm one of your hosts, and also... My name is Evan, and I am one of your other hosts. <laughs> <laughs> there's just two of us. Great! <laughs> yeah, there's, the, there's nobody else, unfortunately. Yeah. No, not unfortunately. Um, the, the reason, you know... Uh, we we got together and and decided to do this was it was a really uh, s- kind of spontaneous spur of the moment Twitter interaction. Uh, Will kind of put it out there that he wanted to talk about RPGs, and I am someone who always wants to talk about RPGs. So we made sure that we had a good idea. <laughs> At least I think we have a pretty good idea, and we are going to be hopefully just kind of talking about this genre that we both love uh, a, a whole lot but we're gonna do it in uh, i think a pretty unique and novel way but we're not really going to talk about the specifics of how that's going to work in this episode we kind of just wanted this one to be uh, a a nice intro to who we are and also what we're going to be talking about because we have some pretty strong opinions about what rpgs are and why we want to talk about them uh, so i guess we can kind of transition right into that yeah, let's go. I think we have a good idea, too, and I'm excited. So Definitely. Yeah. Let's so, talk about some RPGs. But first off, let's talk about what is an RPG. Yeah, definitely. Because this is, uh, I mean, at least I think it's it's become a little bit of a meme to kind of like talk about <laughs> what RPGs are. Because mm-hmm. if you look at the phrasing of it, right, you, you play a role in just about any game that you play. Um, I don't know actually what the exceptions of that would be. Maybe like Picross uh, or Picross. I don't know. I completely uh, messed up that pronunciation. <laughs> I have no <laughs> idea how to say that, honestly. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I've heard I Picross. I like Picross, though. That sounds delicious. It does, yeah. When I think numbers, I think pie, which I guess mm-hmm. is says more about me than anything, um, that I don't immediately go to food. <laughs> this is a weird tangent. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, back to RPGs. Right. I derailed you there. No, no, no. Um, but yeah, so when we, you know, kind of set out to, to make this podcast, we, one of the first sort of interactions that we had was just talking about RPGs and trying to nail down uh, a pretty strong definition uh, of them. So we have very specific, you know, feelings about what what these games are and how we would define them but uh if will you want to read uh, the the wikipedia definition yeah like that's the first place these kind of discussions always seem to start it's like as webster's dictionary defines but i went with wikipedia because you know it's 2021 so more hip more hip exactly it's hip uh so wikipedia defines an rpg as a game in which players assume the roles of characters in a fictional setting uh so like evan you're saying like that's the broadest definition you can get like you're playing a role in pretty much any video game uh so i think we need to to dig a little bit deeper than wikipedia in this this case to kind of figure out what we're actually talking about when we talk about rpgs yeah it's it you know any real enthusiast of this genre is going to look at that definition and they're going to say well the games that I love definitely fit into this description, mm-hmm. but you know there are 
more specific reasons why we call RPGs what they are, right? And it really does start with this whole idea of, you know, even going back to the very early titles, uh, your wizardry, your your Dragon Quest, Ultima, which I, I, I have a lot of thoughts about Ultima and, and how it kind of really fits into this, this idea um, a great deal. But um, all of those early RPGs, or what we consider to be the, the earliest RPGs, were trying to computerize, I guess, <laughs> or, mm-hmm. or automate uh, in some ways uh, the rules of D&D, um, which, you know, as, as many people out there know, is, is the sort of original uh, tabletop fantasy game. Uh, that that people would play and and you have a you usually have a party uh, in a, in a game like that too and so one of the great things about D and D one of the reasons I love it personally is you can customize your character uh, to a great degree uh, you can really get into the minutia of of what you you want your character to be like and you create uh, your own story um, and that's something that. You know, I don't know if, if Will necessarily agrees, but I think that that idea, it, it's still present uh, today, but we've, we've moved past uh, creating your own story uh, in a way, um, mm-hmm. and, and we're, more, we're witnessing the stories that uh, developers want to tell. Um, we're playing a part in those stories. Um, so it, it's less of it's less of creating the story yourself, uh, and and more, kind of getting carried along uh, in, in a world. Yeah, that's a really interesting way to put it too, because that's something that I hadn't really thought about. Like with D and D, you it's really like a method of telling a story to yourself in a way, and and really shaping the story. And you're right, like in RPG video games, you are more kind of swept along, and you you make choices along the way, and you have a role in the story, um, but it is different in that sense. And I think that's a really interesting distinction. Yeah. I think the developer in this case is more of the dungeon master, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, and, and we see that a whole lot. I think you especially feel that way a little bit more uh, in your Japanese RPGs, where the, mm-hmm. the worlds are often really just very lush. But you you also see that in western rpgs but in a a, a different way and we're definitely going to talk about both of those uh, as the series goes on but uh we've we've kind of put together uh, a little bit of an an rpg test uh in some ways because uh we this kind of led us a little bit more to what our definition of of what this is yeah so yeah we've been talking a little bit to prepare for this episode and thinking about what is an rpg and thinking about like, well, how can you tell? Because a lot of times you start playing a game or you hear somebody talking about a game and you think, is that an RPG? I'm not really sure. And like games like Zelda come up a lot in this conversation because I think it feels a lot like an RPG in a lot of ways, but it's not quite one. And we can talk more about that. But we wanted to kind of to get at the idea of, well, how do you tell? And I think the test that we kind of came up with as we talked about it was um, if you're playing a role in a game, if it's a true RPG, like those tabletop games like D&D, you are kind of playing a part in the story and shaping the experience. And I think that's a big part of it. So our RPG test, if you will, 
is to kind of ask yourself if you're playing a game and you're not really sure if it's an RPG, um, ask yourself, like, does the customization that you're doing in the game or the choices that you're making really change your experience of the game in a concrete, definitive way that makes your experience different than another player? So, for example, like, if you're making choices in the story that change the course of the story itself or you're changing your character's abilities drastically or creating a character. Um, I think those are really good signs that you're playing a true RPG because your experience is going to be very different from the next person who's playing it. They're going to make different choices. They're going to have a different experience because they are, again, playing that role, if you will, to use the term and the definition itself. So there are some games, you know, obviously out there that, you know, every time you enter a new town or a new area, you're going to search and and seek out any and every quest that you can possibly complete at that moment, right? Mm-hmm. And so we're we're kind of the the way that we're approaching this is is less, you know, guide oriented. If if you're not a completionist and you're just trying to interact with the world and and understand more of the story and the lore and the world building, you know, the path that you're going to take might be completely different from what someone else is going to do. Um, and you might think that nonlinear experiences are therefore a RPG. But again, I would disagree uh, in some ways because I really do think that it comes back to that idea of character customization. Um, and we see character customization happen in really specific ways in certain kinds of RPGs. Again, Japanese RPGs, which this is why Zelda is often mistakenly. I'm just going to throw that out there. Hot take. (laughs) I don't think it's a hot take, but uh, there are people with pitchforks out there. Yeah, for sure. Um, But, you know, the the reason that I think a, a lot of people mistakenly would think that something like Breath of the Wild is an RPG um, is that you can go anywhere and you can make the choices to to explore the world uh, in whatever you want in whatever way you want I should say mm-hmm. um, and I do think that exploration of a world is really important I think it's one of the most appealing parts of RPGs in general and again it's something that we're definitely going to talk about a whole lot um, but the ways that you can interact with the world are sadly kind of limited to with uh with breath of the wild in particular it's how you or what way you are exploring that world Um, in a lot of japanese rpgs one of the most important ways that you customize your character and you you make character choices is through combat Um, and Mm -hmm. since combat is i mean honestly a really appealing part of rpgs in general that's cool and and that's that's almost in in a lot of ways why people love jrpgs um i think a a good uh combat system is maybe essential to the experience and you know again that's something that we're going to talk about a whole lot but um you know if we're expanding this definition beyond just Japanese uh, RPGs, if we're talking about Western RPGs, if we're talking about uh, Arctic RPGs and Antarctic RPGs, I don't know what what other uh, (laughs) I want to play those regions. (laughs) Yeah, that'd be well. That'd be sounds cool, cool. if you will. No, you're right. Um, uh, It it does sound cool. 
no. But um, y- you you think about um, games like Fallout, um, games like uh, Ultima, um, even you know games like uh, Diablo. You are customizing your character in very specific ways to diversify the way that you play the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is kind of gonna go into I would think maybe an- another part of this discussion, which is, <laughs> I mean. You know, one of the reasons a lot of people uh, consider uh, Zelda an RPG, and and one of the reasons that that comes up or that came up in in our initial discussion uh, a great deal, was because it's referenced in a book that was uh, recently released. Uh, I believe it was the Essential uh, Guide to uh, Japanese RPGs, um, and they kind of have a whole spiel about you know what Zelda was and and what its contemporaries looked like. Um, and they kind of liken uh, Zelda to an action RPG. Again, I disagree because I think um, with with a lot of uh, of JRPGs, with a lot of even action RPGs, you still have a numbers um, sort mm-hmm. of component to things, uh, and and numbers really <laughs> having that that tangible sort of numerical growth is something that I always see or or that I always. Um, that always comes to mind when I think of RPGs. And I don't know if you agree um, at all. I don't necessarily think about it. I think more of the food when I think of pie. <laughs> but <laughs> I think it's an important component, and I think it's super satisfying, and it's there, and I do enjoy it. I just don't... Like, it's under the surface, if that makes sense. Like, I'm enjoying the mechanics that come out of it, and I kind of intuitively know it's there, but I don't, I don't think of it as much. So I think that's a good a good thing to point out. I mean, I, I think also when we get into our, our own quest system too, and um, yes. and we we look at um, how how we're going to be hopefully leveling up in our own way uh, for this podcast. You know, even the the concept of leveling up, uh, mm-hmm. of becoming stronger, of of your stats uh, growing uh, in some way, whether or not you are influencing very specific stats or whether or not your your characters have specific sorts of uh, of growth algorithms or stat distributions over their their level up, I think that's a, a really essential part of RPGs, and that it's just another way that that I don't really see Zelda uh, as as being an, an RPG. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could argue that gaining new heart containers or getting more stamina, uh, specifically in Breath of the Wild, is is a way of of leveling up, but. Uh, I, d- I don't think it's it's tangible enough to me. Yeah, and I think your point earlier was really good too about um, about looking at it from a not from a completionist point of view because often if you complete everything, you do everything, you're gonna get to that same kind of end result eventually or as a collective whole. But like with Zelda, for example, for me, like I've been thinking about that a lot lately because I was just playing Skyward Sword, and it's just been top of mind but like i was think trying to think about it as i played like why is or isn't this an rpg and i think it 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 comes down to that test we talked about because i feel like even if i collect a bunch of heart containers or even if it's breath of the wild and i can choose heart or stamina by the end of the day it's just the order that i'm choosing them in or like even if it's a more open zelda game where you can go to dungeons in any order you're still doing the same things. You're just changing the order, and that's not... Like, you're still going to have the same end result when you get to the end of the game. You're not going to have a wildly different experience with the game than the next person if you're just playing it through 
start to finish, not completion, not with completion in mind of 100%ing the game or whatever. And this is, uh, it's almost a, a part of, of what makes a lot of, of JRPGs um, a, a little disappointing uh, in some ways. You know, I, I think the completionist mindset, well, I, I just think uh, in, in modern uh, video games, which th- there's a whole bunch of different, you know, facets of this discussion that we can, we can talk about. Um, but, you know, a, a lot of people tend to think that nowadays the value of a game is largely dictated by how much there is to do in it. Yes, um, yes. Which I, th- I think is a huge problem. And it's also why we've <laughs> unfortunately seen these sorts of like pseudo RPG mechanics trickle into other games. They're everywhere um, now. They are. And, and in some ways, yes, it, it, it's definitely a, a, a dopamine uh, mm-hmm. uh, generator. Yep. You know, seeing your numbers go up and, and hearing a, a level up noise or completing a quest is, is always super satisfying. But whether or not it adds something meaningful to the overall experience and, and whether or not it's impacting the, the kind of gameplay that, is, that has been established, um, I, I think is super important. Um, and, and and so you know a lot of JRPGs, uh, they really do tend to have that that sort of notion of like oh well you know you've completed a chapter and here's all of the new quests that open up and once you've completed all of them you know okay uh, I don't have to waste any more time in this chapter I can move on to the next one um, and you know ideally to me uh, and and this might not be all that appealing to maybe a lot of our listeners, maybe even will, I don't think we've, we've talked about this all that much, but I think your play style should really dictate or impact the sorts of quests that you receive. Um, and I know that, you know, certain games like the elder scrolls, uh, you know, in particular, you are able to gain access to very specific types of quests based on the kind of character that you're trying to be. Oh yeah, that's a really good point. I hadn't really thought about that, but that is true. Like with those, is it are they called guild systems or something like that? When you're, yeah, like joint, like well, your skills like or your that, class yeah. is, is like opening up a different part of the game or a different, yeah, like using different skills. Yeah, that's a really good point. Um, something that you brought up in in the very initial part of this episode when you were talking about like the pieces from D and D that were brought over. In that party system, I found that a really interesting point too, because I think that's a lot of why um, I'm drawn to JRPGs over Western RPGs is because you have, I feel like a lot of the character customization in JRPGs is often your party and mixing and matching like different characters and different jobs and skills with each other. And like Western RPGs are often more customizing the character that the main character and like creating them from scratch, how they look, what their jobs are and that kind of thing. Whereas in a JRPG, often it's, here's your characters. Like they have backstories and they're all thought out and they have are often already named. Um, and they have maybe even a job type or a couple choices of job types. Like I'm thinking kind of dragon quest and more recent dragon quests where you choose kind of like a route, but like the character has their specific, um, 
skill sets like they're a magic user or something like that but they can focus on different areas of magic so you're not changing as much the character themselves while you can to an extent but you're changing your party and i find that really exciting and interesting and really engaging just because you're getting more of that interaction between characters and i love the feeling of being able to to have a different experience in an rpg i guess because i'm choosing to use different characters and i can play through the game with one combination and then i can play through again with another combination and one boss that i was having such a hard time with the first time around is super easy the next time but then all the other ones are like insanely difficult because i switched which characters i was using and i really like that that combination of ideas that i often feel like is seen more in jrpgs definitely um and and this really drives home what personally for me um has has kind of been my answer to to what an rpg should be which is uh the the challenges that you encounter uh in an rpg the solutions that you develop for those challenges should be based around how you've customized your characters um and i say characters plural you know you could say party or you could say singular character um but that is that, that really does drive this this idea home because, you know, you have lots of games where you have job systems, right? So mm-hmm. a black mage can perform, you know, sorts of, of magic attacks that maybe a, a different, you know, sort of job um, can can deal, you know, similar amounts of damage uh, through in a, in a very different way. But it's all, it all depends on how you decide to put together that team um, and, and make those characters synergize with one another uh, to overcome those challenges is, is what's really appealing to me. Um, and I think that that really does uh, strike at what you were just saying. Yeah, I really like the way you put that. I think that's exactly what an RPG is, and I think we've solved it. <laughs> awesome. Well, now that we've solved the puzzle, uh, now that we, we uh, again, the reason we've created this this podcast is because we've solved this problem and mm-hmm. we need to share it with all of you. Um, but that's not really, um, <laughs> that, that's, that's one part of it, uh, because, you know, speaking, uh, and, and, you know, what I'd, I'd really like to do right now is, is go into uh, some of our favorites, but also talk about, uh, just kind of our experience with RPGs in, in general, um, because I think that leads us to what we're going to be trying to do uh, during or through this podcast, um, but also what what we're bringing into it as well. Um, so uh, if we could start by, I guess, talking about some RPGs that we love or maybe some RPGs that we grew up with, um, I, I would love to hear uh, some of uh, your, your picks, Will. Thanks. I would love to hear some of yours too, but I, I can kick it off. Um... And I just wanted to to follow up on your earlier uh, kind of question around what do you call the group of people that you have on your team in an RPG? And I like to say party. So I'm gonna gonna kick off this party uh, with that. And <laughs> and I think that segue nice. <laughs> that kind of idea really uh, kind of shapes my experiences with RPGs and why I fell in love with them and continued to over time. And I think it started with Pokemon, really, with Pokemon Blue back in whatever, too long ago. 
Like, I, I think I played bits and pieces of a couple RPGs before that at my cousin's house, and I didn't really understand them. They were hard. I didn't, I couldn't dive in from the beginning, so I just loaded up an old save file and had no idea what was happening. So Pokemon Blue is really my first RPG. And the thing that I was addicted to was those numbers and leveling up my Pokemon and having a team that I could customize and teach them new skills and and switch them around and have this party of different characters and I could play part way through the game and get to a point and be stuck and then get a new party member and shift around my team and train them up and then everything would be totally different and I could just shape it however I wanted and I beat the game and I just kept playing it over and over like I couldn't get enough and I use different Pokemon try different starter Pokemon and that would change my whole team and I just got super addicted to that to that idea of like you said customizing your characters to kind of take on the game and and find different ways to solve different kinds of puzzles you know, it's it's so funny how, like, because again, I, I will say uh, Pokemon was one of my first RPGs uh, too, but it actually wasn't my first, and this is where things get a little uh, <laughs> nutty, but it, it's, it's so funny how um, Pokemon introduces so many uh, RPG mechanics, mm-hmm. uh, or, or at least reinterprets them uh, in a way that's so just... Uh, it, appealing like in inherently uh, yeah. appealing you know chef's being... kiss comes to mind when <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, well it, it's right like being a younger kid and and picking up maybe final fantasy five or six you know these these very complex and you know in some ways at least at the point uh, in the you know Super Nintendo's library, right? Uh, Final Fantasy VI is like a very mature uh, mm-hmm. RPG uh, in terms of theming, right? You're gonna pick that up, and yeah, you'll see like a, a dude suplex a train, which is always cool. But there's also <laughs> these story moments where you're just gonna be like, I, I, my five or six year old brain can't <laughs> comprehend this, but catching animals and raising them and giving them specific traits is just so uh so appealing and and so charming and so um one of my first rpgs actually um because i was jealous of my brother having pokemon red uh was dragon warrior monsters for the game boy color um which is a a spin-off of dragon uh, quest which uh you know now at that time, uh, there was kind of a, a mix-up between calling games Dragon Quest and Dragon Warrior. So uh, that is a, a, a very similar concept. It's you are you're whisked away to a world where you can train classic Dragon Quest monsters, and there was something you know appealing about Dragon Quest monsters too. Um, not not the game, which is also uh, great. Uh, Dragon Warrior <laughs> monsters too. Uh, I I also own that, um, but like. You know, having a T-Rex with a battle axe, like, that's kind of just as cool, if not cooler, than Charizard. Sorry, I'm, I'm just going to throw <laughs> that out there. Um, yeah, you know, uh, that that was a, a pretty magical moment uh, for me. And, you know, mm-hmm. back then, I, I wouldn't have called my, my Pokemon team or my, my Dragon uh, Warriors team uh, a party. Um, I probably would have called them, you know, just like my my team or i don't know i 
I yeah. don't think I was cool enough at that point to to call them a, a squad. But uh, <laughs> you know, as I matured more into uh, the genre and and kind of came to recognize this genre as being like, oh, this is the thing that I this, these are the kinds of video games I love the most. Um, you know that vocabulary of of calling something a party of calling hp uh you know Mm -hmm. calling health hp um and you know even when you have ether as a as a mana pool or something like that you're still kind of like yeah i mean this is this is mp right like let's be real it's yeah it is um but yeah and and so that kind of leads me to another one of my favorites and i know maybe maybe we'll go back and forth uh through these or or maybe this will be the 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 cutting off point where i just list all my favorites and then i let will uh do his but um going into uh another one of my favorites uh again a game that i didn't really understand was an rpg uh, for the longest time was uh paper mario the thousand year door um because i never really had an n64 i had a, a game boy color and then my first home console was a gamecube um and i you know loved pikmin and i loved mario uh, sunshine but uh, paper mario there was just something so appealing about the back and forth and kinetic energy to those battles but the numbers were not you know astronomical you're not dealing nine nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine damage to something i mean if you deal nine damage to an enemy in those games you're like whoa um (laughs) so i i just always found that kind of neat um but you know even comparing those two games uh you know pokemon um or even uh, dragon quest uh to to paper mario there was something really original and and fresh and in, inherently unique uh, about those games which is why uh jrpgs just became more and more appealing to me is that there's so much that they could do with just having solid battle systems um but what are what are what were some of your other uh favorites as you as you were growing up oh gosh um well my my trajectory then went like i played pokemon i still didn't know what an rpg was after i played it and then my friend had final fantasy 7 and 8 and so i i I don't really remember but i kind of played them both at the same time 7 and 8 and just hopped into the beginnings at my friend's house and i was like whoa it has hp just like pokemon well, you can level up just like Pokemon. And like in my head, I guess I thought Pokemon like invented all of these things. And I was like, it's it's just like Pokemon, but cooler. Um, it's like well, a super cool Pokemon. Full disclosure, and I know I'm, I'm probably going to be uh, completely discrediting myself with this, uh, with this fact, but um, I've never played any of the PlayStation uh, 1 uh, Final Fantasies. I've played a number of Final Fantasies, but I will also just say that Final Fantasy is not my jam, uh, and that's probably something that we'll get into more uh, as the podcast goes on, but uh, I'm glad that we have someone who appreciates them on this podcast. Yes, I very much appreciate them, because they were my... I. I don't want to discredit Pokemon, but I would say they're like my real start to RPGs when I knew what an RPG was. And I just got super sucked into those games as well from seven and eight. And then I got nine and I eventually played all of them over the years. And it's probably my one of my most beloved franchise franchises to this day. But I'm also really interested to hear like the kind of conversations we have down the road about 
about RPGs in general from someone who's not really into those games because they really shaped my, <laughs> I guess, my understanding of RPGs and what I came to expect from them. Yeah, um, well, I've, so I've, I've, <laughs> yeah, I've got Go some ahead. really hot takes about uh, Squ- Square Enix uh, RPGs in general. So um, I, I'd love to hear them. I love hot what? takes, even if they, even if I don't take them, I, I like to hear them. <laughs> you can you can drop them if they're too hot, certainly. Okay. Um, but uh, the one exception to me actually uh, enjoying a Square Enix uh, RPG in my youth was uh, I had a friend, um, kind of in my preteen uh, into teenage years, uh, who would invite me over, and he thankfully had the hardware. I did not, but uh, he did to play. Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles, um, which uh, is a cool. co-op uh, RPG uh, for the GameCube, had a release on Switch that uh, did terribly for a uh-huh. myriad of reasons that we could get into uh, <laughs> at some point. Um, but what a what just like a, an authentically uh, charming and, and magical world. Um, also, an action RPG uh, mm-hmm. and and unique in that way too. And so. Again, uh, you know, I, I, I totally, I find it so funny that that you say uh, <laughs> you, you you weren't really sure of of the genre, um, mm-hmm. or, or you you weren't uh, certain of of what defined that genre early on, because uh, to to even jump kind of past um, Crystal Chronicles. Uh, I played a number of other games, uh, and I, kn- I know my friends uh, and I, we got into um, some of the Digimon games for, like, the, the Nintendo DS, uh, um, Digimon World Dawn and Dusk, uh, in particular, mm-hmm. we played. Uh, we also played a terrible uh, monster-catching uh, series, <laughs> so, it, so it kind of always came back to monster-catching with us, but uh, we played this terrible series uh, that I fully intend to, to, uh, to talk about, uh, on this podcast at some point, uh, called Spectrobes, um, which oh, is, that's right. it's deliciously, uh, awful. Um, <laughs> but I didn't, I really did not come into understanding and acknowledging, um, what RPGs were as a genre until, uh, a really sort of special time, uh, in, in, in the history of being a Nintendo fan, I guess. Uh, and so if you'll just let me wax nostalgic for a second, uh, when I was in college, uh, was right around when the, the, the first, uh, operation rainfall, um, sort of movement, uh, came up, um, mm-hmm. operation rainfall. They're now, I believe like a successful news outlet, uh, in their, in their own, uh, right but back then they were trying to desperately get uh nintendo of america to bring over uh not a a lot of games um but in particular there was this trilogy uh, of games that were all rpgs um which i think will be a good jumping point to to throw it back over into your court um uh they were pandora's tower uh which i love uh very much um the last story which is truly one of my favorite uh, RPGs uh, of, of all time. Um, and another big favorite, I will say big favorite, not one, I wouldn't put it up up there uh, in, in the uh, godly uh, echelon, but uh, Xenoblade Chronicles uh, was, was one of the other games that they were really trying to get localized. Uh, and that's when I came to understand that 
that's what you called this um, this genre. Mm-hmm. And and playing through all three of those games, I was so delighted because they're all so different uh, in a lot of ways. And there's uh, two of them really. I think Pandora's Tower and The Last Story um, are a lot more intimate, um, but have great stories to them um, and have very different mechanics. And then you have, on the other hand, uh, Xenoblade, which I, I fell in love with not because of its uh, its strong storytelling. Well, it does have a strong story <laughs> for sure. Um, but I also I truly fell in love with it because of the scale and scope of its world. Mm. Yes, and that that is another one for me that is like upper echelon Xenoblade Chronicles. Um, and in my mind, I kind of equate my love for that game with Final Fantasy VII and my original RPG experiences because there's a lot of similar thematic ideas which also play themselves out in terms of game mechanics which you wouldn't really see on the surface but like the idea of like the materia being like the magic power in Final Fantasy 7 and then the oh, I forget gem crystals I think they're called something like that and Xenoblade it's been a while um uh, ether crystals they, yeah and then like you equip them in your uh, weapons to make them more right. powerful and get mm-hmm. different skills it's kind of the same idea as the materia and then it yeah, ties into, into like gems. the gems a bigger yeah um it ties into these bigger ideas with the world and the setting and the story and i really love that whole tie-in and that whole story and i don't want to spoil anything because there's a lot there's a whole lot <laughs> the story is very intense and in-depth and long um, but yeah, I love I love all the Xeno everything games from uh, Xeno Gears through the sagas through all the blades, um, and yeah, those are that's just another top tier franchise for me. Those those are probably well those are like my big three I guess is like Pokemon, Final Fantasy, and Xeno Blade slash everything. And then also um, the Bioware games like Mass Effect and Dragon Age are are big favorites for me. And those those are really my like core like top favorite game franchises of all time. Do you have any others you want to note, Evan? I I think um, one of one of my weak areas truly is is my understanding of and appreciation for Western RPGs. Mm-hmm. Um, I played a handful um, when I was younger. Um, you know, I I witnessed, um, I sort of backseat gamed my way through uh, The Elder Scrolls IV. Um, I played Nox, which is just kind of like a weird, whimsical uh, computer RPG uh, that that doesn't really have any relation to any, any other games. Um, but my my knowledge of western rpgs is is pretty pathetic uh and and so it's something that i'd I'd like to get into more i've i've talked i've referenced uh, even on this episode ultima several times um and i i like ultima and i want to get into it more um and a friend of mine uh kind of introduced me to ultima 7 um but uh, again I, i wouldn't say that it's it's my favorite in in any uh capacity uh it's it's the the more RPGs that I've played, it's it's been harder for me to nail down series. 
um, as as being my my favorites um, because I've fallen out of love uh, with Pokemon mm. uh, truly um, I I have really mixed feelings on the Xenoblade games despite having put in ridiculous amounts of hours into uh, all three of the Xenoblade titles um, and Paper Mario again is a, is a game that I, I love and uh, you know again going by our definition that we previously talked about I wouldn't really call you know modern Paper Mario games RPGs and mm-hmm. so I don't really have much interest in them um, so it, it more comes down to, to titles uh, with me although um, I will say series like uh, Etrian Odyssey that will always be inherently appealing to me um, I, I've become just a great appreciator of uh fantasy star um i i've played more east games uh than i would like to admit and and so i don't know i mean uh, i could i could maybe put together a a top 10 list (laughs) at at some point but it would definitely be more uh, individual titles rather than series I'd like to see that list. And I think that's really interesting too, because I, I somehow get swept up in series and I don't really know why, but I think it's interesting. We have different kind of takes on that and I, I think, think they're both valid, but yeah, definitely but yeah. interesting. I, I think that there's something to be said about uh, iconography um, mm-hmm. and, and something as a, as, <laughs> as a final fantasy crystal chronicles fan, uh, um, I, I guess <laughs> I, I don't know. It's, uh, I mean, I will say the, the weird thing about me is that like, I love that entire sub series of games. Mm. Um, I've played most of, if not all of the final fantasy crystal chronicles games, and even some games that I would consider to like fall under that umbrella. Um, you know, final fantasy explorers, uh, in particular, uh, on the 3ds was a game that didn't have the crystal chronicles name, but I would kind of consider it to be that, um, but something, you know, that I kind of always roll my eyes about uh, when I see new Final Fantasy games, when I see remakes of Final Fantasy games, mm-hmm. um, is just seeing how much of the icono- uh, iconography they repeat, um, how, you know, your summons are always yep. uh, these certain characters, how you've always got this crystal theming, um, mm-hmm. you, you know you've got you've got to have these characters named named sid um yeah these these things i i tend to find a little bit exhausting um it's like how you know as much as i really love and i i appreciate the the dragon quest uh fanfare um you know it's it's very grandiose uh orchestral uh, opening um i also mm-hmm. am like god i this this already makes me tired <laughs> um so that that's just like that's me uh though though personally um and there are also a ton of of composers within the realm of of jrpgs uh who whose work that i love and i also think it's it's rather funny uh uh, of me to say that I'm not a Final Fantasy fan, but I am a fan of The Last Story, which um, in many respects is more or less a Final Fantasy game. Um, and you could get into it a, a whole lot, but I mean, it's it's a Sakaguchi game uh, who was the director on many of the er- earlier titles, and it's composed by uh, Uematsu, who 
does a great job. It's one of my favorite uh, soundtracks ever. So maybe I just missed the boat with Final Fantasy. Um, but that's well, all I, I'd, I'd really have to say about that. I would like to get into that more with you at some point. Um, and I, like, I'm thinking like more as we talk about franchises versus games. Like When I think about Final Fantasy games, I have my favorites for sure. And I like things about all of them. I see them as kind of an evolution and kind of like a what Dragon Quest would have been if it hadn't been as married to keeping things the same. It's kind of like the experiment as what would have happened if you just let pretty much everything change um, and kept like those kind of core pieces, like you said. Um, but like, as I think about it, like there are a lot of Final Fantasy games I don't really like, but I like them more than the average <laughs> game because they're a Final Fantasy game. So I guess I'm drinking the Kool-Aid. But I mean, my point is just that, like, an individual game in the Final Fantasy franchise, one to the next, is a totally different, totally standalone game, and I don't know what my point is. But uh, <laughs> I di- I disagree. <laughs> I think, uh, I, I, and this is going to kind of lead into a, another point that I that I think is really important for us to talk about before we kind of uh, you know lead into the end of this episode. Um, but I'm just going to say really quickly, I think that a lot of Final Fantasy games are very much the same game with a different coat of paint. Um, and that's something that we could <laughs> come to blows about if we ever want to talk about that for an episode. Um, but what I also I think is really important for us to say uh, right now is that we love uh, this genre and one of the main sorts uh, sort of, of themes of this podcast uh, is going to be, you know, talking about, yes, uh, all of those series that we love. Um, and, you know, some of the, the series that we love are really popular series, um, like Final Fantasy. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I love Shin Megami Tensei, which some people would say is is. <laughs> related to persona and and you know that those are really popular series um i i wouldn't really say i'm much of a, a persona fan but um we're we're going to talk about those games we're also going to talk about some stuff that maybe some of our listeners have never heard of uh and and we're going to in some ways challenge one another uh to to look into things uh that that we've never heard of um respectively um and the the point of this podcast is to is to not rag on things all that much um i know that sometimes i can get a little (laughs) uh, a little combative with my with my hot takes uh, as i mentioned earlier but we really uh want to put this podcast out there to talk about this genre that we love and to give you more reasons to love it well said i really like that I think you've summed it all up here. I I, I try. I'm a I'm a big yes. summarizer. As a high but, school teacher, you got to be good at summarizing. That is an important <laughs> skill to have. Um, but, yeah, I think that pretty much wraps up our discussion today. Um, and I think this is a great intro to give people an idea of why we're here, what we want to talk about, and also I want to let people know that like we're happy to have you join in in the conversation as well. We'd love to hear from you. Um, if you have any ideas of topics for us to talk about down the road, next time we'll unveil our kind of quest structure for RPG Pod Quest. Um, 
So that may give you a better idea of the things to send our way. But we'd love to hear anything from you if you'd like to get in on the conversation of what makes an RPG um, or tell us some of your favorite RPGs. We'd love to hear about that. And you can reach us at RPG Podquest on Twitter. That's RPG Pod Quest, all as one word. And uh, you can find me uh, on Twitter as well at Cosmic X Library. There's an X in the middle because uh, Cosmic Library was already taken. And Evan, you want to tell people where they can find you? <laughs> Certainly. Um, uh, and I, I have a, a couple more plugs uh, as well. Um, Plug away. But, uh, you can find me at uh, RPGs, uh, R-P-G-S-E-B, um, on Twitter. Um, but also, uh, again, one of the reasons that, uh, that I am talking about this genre so much is because I also write for SwitchRPG.com, which is a website all about RPGs that are on the Switch. Uh, and so you can find some of my ramblings and rantings there. But we're going to probably get into a whole lot of other stuff on this podcast, too. So uh, while there are some topics uh, that are talked about a whole lot there, including... Uh, the the debate of whether or not uh, Zelda is or is not an RPG <laughs> goes on on that site a whole lot. Um, we're we're going to be uh, doing a lot more fun stuff, especially with our quest system that we're going to be uh, introducing to you guys next episode. So um, that's that's pretty much all that we we uh, have for you guys. But uh, we're really excited to be embarking on this journey with you. And uh, I guess we are going to uh, catch you next time. So uh, see you around. See you around.